Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast this Sunday, February 13, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are here again. Welcome your Holy Spirit because you have come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ via the blood shed on the cross of Calvary that have given us the grace and the privilege, O oh God, to be before you. We bless your name, Lord, and welcome all who have joined us. May you bless them abundantly this day, O oh God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental is taken from our calibrasi. Again, we acknowledge him and thank him. We continue to pray that God will continue to bless him and his family. We continue with our series, The Will of God. Today we are going to be on item 7. We encourage those who have not been listening or watching to please go to our YouTube page, Facebook page or our website to listen or watch those broadcasts. Because we have been building and we are coming now where it concerns you and I especially. On the board you can see number seven in the wilderness we can make adjustments. Today's topic in the wilderness the outline are you in God's ordained path? Or in the wilderness? That's a question for you. That's a question for me. Is it your will or is it God's will that you, you are doing? So we'll go to item one. Are you in God's ordained path or in the wilderness? Let us go back to the scriptures. God delivered the Israelites from Pharaoh and Egypt. But in that deliverance, they had to go out of Egypt and then to the land he had promised them. Similarly, God delivers those who believe from Satan. You have to liken Satan to Pharaoh and Egypt to the world. After delivering those who have come to the cross, God expects them to go out of the world and begin to proceed to that city, that holy place made with your hands, where there is eternal life. The length of time it will take for Israelites to reach the land of promise depended on their obedience. And those who will make it will be those who have believed and continue to obey whose hearts are no longer in Egypt. For if their hearts are in Egypt, God will not be pleased. And we're going to see what happened to those whose hearts remained in Egypt. And we're going to state that for those who have come to the cross and still continue to yearn for the things in the world, beware, lest what happened to the Israelites in the wilderness 
happen to you. God has a specific ordained path for each believer as we stated last Sunday. Your path is different from mine and from those of others. Many believers are in the wilderness because they fail to follow God's ordained path for them after repentance. Scripture, please. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 19. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Praise the Lord. Those believers who are in the wilderness are confused. They are like the rebellious group in Israel. That's Israel as you were, who had left Egypt in that wilderness journey. They went after other gods. These believers in the wilderness are the ones who are causing their leaders, some, not all, to make cows of idols that they worship. By the time these believers continue to adore their pastors and Jehovah's years, they resemble when Aaron was being pushed when Moses went to the mountain to meet God. To make a car for them so that they can worship the God that led them from Egypt. Moses obliged. So some of you pastors and Jews, if you ever happen to come across this broadcast, who have been elevated to be gods, who have been elevated to disobey God because you are afraid of your congregation of losing them, and you join in this mammon worship. Remember what happened in the desert. They were destroyed, but Moses repented. I mean, Aaron repented. So you, like Aaron, can repent at the hearing of this message. You can stop and turn to the lost side before you are consumed. Believers in the wilderness continue to ignore the quiet voice, asking them to repent and to go back to the cross where their lives began. Because at the cross is where a new life was planted in us. Where the deposit of the seal of the Holy Spirit that's supposed to lead us as we march into eternal life. Most of those in the wilderness are oblivious of the consequences of what they're doing. Some 
of them think that they are in God's ordained path. But they are not. They are living in deceit. How do you know? Whoever follows whatever his or her desires is likely in the wilderness. That's the test. Scripture, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did and in one day 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. Do not be idolaters. Who are idolaters? Those who are hero worshippers. When you worship your pastor, you are an idolater. When you worship the prosperity message, you are worshipping mammon. You are an idol worshipper. So the Bible is telling you do not be idolaters. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in reverie. Most of you in your churches today indulge in reverie. The cross of Christ is not a place of reverie. Verse 8. We should not commit sexual immorality. I know nobody talks about sins in your churches anymore. Sexual immorality means premarital and postmarital sex. You cannot be living in a situation where you are not married and you say we're going to get married. No, 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 no. You are committing sexual immorality. If you, God calls you home, you are done. As some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. So whether pre-marital, post-marital, in whatever form, if you are not married, it is a sin. Verse 9, he's telling believers we should not test Christ. Remember, he's not talking to unbelievers in this scripture. He's talking to you and I. Don't test God. Verse 11, God allowed those things to happen to the Israelites in the desert. Instant judgment. It happened to them as an example and a warning to you and I. Yes, that God will exact judgment. Because part of God's righteousness is also God's judgment. Now, to find out if you are walking on God's ordained path for you, to find out if I'm walking on God's ordained path for me, or if you're in the wilderness, we have a set of questions we want you to answer to yourself and God. Let's start. Do you still have that peace and joy? The one you had when you repented? 
That day you couldn't stop singing. That day that was so joyful. That day you saw the world in a different light. Do you still have that peace and joy? Are you certain of your destination? Are you sure where you are going? Next question. Do you love reading the Bible? Next question. Are you comfortable being with believers who are poorer than you? Or are you one of those who subscribe to quality souls? Where that means those who have money and wealth. Do you believe that Christ's death was not for the purpose of making his children rich in this world? That means, have you bought into the doctrine of worldly prosperity? But in the question, the answer, the question should be yes, if you believe that Christ's death was not to make you rich in this world. If you believe it is, then you should be able to say no. Next question. Do you believe that Christ died so that you will inherit eternal life? Next question. Do you believe that all those who live godly lives will suffer persecution in this earth, in this world? Next question. Do you seek every opportunity to witness the resurrected Lord? Or are you shy or afraid? Next question. Are you comfortable being with believers from other tribes or other races, people that don't look like you or act like you, but are believers? If you answer yes to all the questions, remember all, not maybe, you're on the right path. You ask spiritual. And I pray that God continues to sustain you as you march towards the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord honor you. May the Lord elevate you. May the Lord guide you. May the Lord continue. And whoever comes against you, may that person fall in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we turn to the next set of questions. Do you love being in the company of unbelievers? Are you easily thrilled by the world and the things in the world? Example, do you love to participate in worldly gatherings? Where there's pomp and pageantry. Do you love titles? And do you love to be praised? Next question. Do you love reading the Bible? Sorry, do you find reading the Bible a chore? That is it hard work to read the Bible. Next question. Do you see the Bible in the same way? You see the spread in a buffet. You know, you go into a place, a restaurant, there's a buffet, and you can pick whatever you like. Is that how you see the Bible? In effect, the question is, do you like to read the Bible? Only when you want to read those scriptures that pertain to wealth, health, and God's protection. If you answered yes to all the questions, I'm afraid you are in the wilderness. Your heart is still in the world. Your heart is like the hearts of those Israelites in the wilderness. And you're a carnal person. You need to repent. You need to make a U-turn today and go back to the cross of Christ where you first repented. Where your journey into eternal life began. 
For those who answered yes to all the questions, I pray for God to forgive you. Father, forgive them. Restore them into your fellowship. And when they come back, Lord, enlarge their course so that they become more fruitful. And the enemy will no longer have anything to distract them again. Father, I pray that you protect them from the onslaught of the enemy when they come back. And guard their hearts from desiring the world and its trappings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have made your way back, after the preaching of this one and your repentance, and you begin to experience that joy again of your salvation, and God begins to witness in your heart, don't forget to help. Pray and lead others back to the cross of Christ. Next item. Is it your will or God's will? Scripture, please. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21-23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons? and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Praise the Lord. Not everyone who says to me, verse 21, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. What does that mean? In effect, if I'm doing my will, I won't make it. If you are doing your will, you won't make it. It says, only those who are doing the will of my Father. So if you say you are doing good, but God didn't ask you to in that sense, He didn't lead you, because it means that good you are doing, there was an ulterior motive. It was not godly motive, it was your selfish motive. Please know that those believers who end up in the wilderness are those who are doing their own will. What the Lord said them. Yeah, we prophesied in your name. He said, no, no, I don't know you. We did this in your name. He said, no, no, I don't know you. Because you didn't do the will. That means whatever you were saying or doing was not according to the will of God. Because they are disobedient. Whatever good those in the wilderness do, when you are in the wilderness, whatever good you do, it does not please God. There's only one answer in the wilderness. Go back to where you started and rematch anew. Father God is unhappy with those believers who are doing their own will. Please note it. He is not pleased at all. Many believers think that doing what pleases them is acceptable to God, so long as in their eyes it is good. In their minds, so long as they are not committing sin, God will not mind. So they will name the sin, I don't do this, I don't do that. They think, That's all, finish. I'm not... I'm not sinning, so I'm good. No, that's not true. Those in the wilderness have a narrow definition of sin. What is sin in God's eyes for a child of God? It is being outside of God's will, as we had in chapter 7, verse 21. If you are not doing what God wants you to do at a particular time, you are sinning. Those who will inherit eternal life are those doing the will of Father. Period. All good works, I'm repeating, outside of God's will is like filthy rags. 
The Lord has warned us, and we must take note. Only those who are doing Father's will will have Christ's righteousness. See, the reason you and I will make eternal life is we have Christ's righteousness, not because of us. So when we are doing things outside of God, God's will, we are used doing our own righteousness, and it doesn't profit us anything. But if you are doing Father's will, Christ's righteousness is already imputed to you. That's why you and I can be this morning if we are in right standing and in the throne of mercy, hearing this message and understanding it differently from those who are outside the group. Only those who are doing fathers will have Christ's righteousness. Only Christ's righteousness is the body that admits us into eternal life. Praise the Lord. Now let us reason together. Let us, you and I, reason together. I have a question. Is it possible that someone who claims to be Christ, that you belong to Christ, you're a Christian, you're a believer while on earth, but you are not doing the will of God on earth? If peradventure you are to reach heaven, will that person really do the will of Father? Question another way. Wouldn't the disobedient on earth also be disobedient in heaven? No, let us, let us be honest. If we are not obedient while on earth, why do you think when we make heaven, we are going to be obedient there? What will change? Nothing. Wouldn't the disobedient on earth rebel like Satan and other fallen angels? Because when you reach heaven, you tell God, well, you say we should go this way, this way. Lord, why about the other side? You know, it's okay. You see, that's the problem. Those who are children of God hear the Spirit of God and they go. They don't ask questions. So long as they know God is speaking to them. And where is he speaking through? His word. And when we are in his will, he continues to guide us. Because he knows that there are so many pitfalls the enemy has put on the road. So if you, you and I are not obedient to one on earth, we will not be obedient in heaven. That's why the disobedient will never inherit eternal life. Someone then could be wondering, if I can't do my will, why then did God give me free will? I will answer you. God gave you free will because of his love for human beings. Because of the love he has for you. When he created you in his own image and likeness. I know that word love has been so abused. A lot of people say God's love is agape love. No, I don't I disagree. There is no human word that can define God's love. We don't have the words to define God's love. God's love is on a separate plane. There are no words to describe his love. It is that love of God that made him to create you and I in his image and likeness. To make you like a God. God expects each other to love him back. Though he gave you free will, he wants you to give that free will back to him. Make it subject to his. And the reason is for your own good and for my own good. Because we don't know tomorrow, but God knows tomorrow. 
We don't know the pitfalls that God, the enemy has planted. Only God knows. So if I'm doing my will, I will fall into the ditch. But if I'm doing the will of God, God will be able to help me navigate. So asking us to submit our will to his will is for our own good. Because God knows that Satan and his demons are on the prowl. That they will do anything to derail his children. As many of you have been derailed by the worldly prosperity messages. As many of you have been derailed by the so-called deliverance ministries. As many of you have been derailed by so many doctrines of demons. Because if you really agree the will of God, you will know that those things are fake. That those things do not come from the throne of mercy. How can you say you are dealing deliverance on someone whom God has delivered? Can the demon and the Holy Spirit remain in the same person? It is impossible. It is contrary to scripture. Yet, I know in the 80s, it was the in thing to have deliverance ministries. You may read the book we had on threat of darkness. It's a lie. There's no such thing. Deliverance means salvation. Just as God delivered Israel from Egypt, He delivered you once you're on the cross. If there's anything on there, flew you, unless you didn't receive Christ. It is because of love that God wants to guide you and I in that walk. The same way he guided Israelites while on a journey to the land of promise. Remember, it was fire at night and cloud to prevent the enemy from seeing them. And in the morning, the cloud will lift and they know it's safe to move. Those believers who have made their way subject to God are the ones he leads through safe pastures as they made their way to be with him forever. What a privilege! What a great love to be led by our God! I repeat, what a privilege! What a great love to be led by our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And as you march on that journey, you must have the joy of the Lord because that's your strength. So we're going to sing a song. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I exhort you to surrender your will to God today. Let him lead you and you will never end up in the wilderness. There's no way if God is leading you, you will end up in the wilderness. Had Israel not rebelled as they moved out from Egypt, they would have made the promised land within a very short period. But they rebelled and so they continued to go around and around 40 years. And those who rebelled never made it to the promised land. So those who tell you once saved, always saved, are talking nonsense. They are telling lies. You have been saved, yes, from Satan's dungeon, but now you are marching onto eternal life. You are marching. So is it a wilderness journey, or is it a journey that should be straightforward because God is the one guiding you? So I exhort all to surrender will to God today. If you know you have not, make a definite promise to God, Lord, I submit my will to you. Let your will be done in my life. So that he will lead you and you never end up in the wilderness. Praise the Lord. And if you're in the wilderness, because you know from this broadcast today, let him deliver you as God deliver you. 
Let him guide you. As you retrace your steps back to the cross. And start again to go into that journey to eternal life. And as you do, remember the song we're singing now. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Is my strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, if you are a child of God, you don't have the joy of the Lord. You are not his child. God hears the brokenhearted and they cry no more. He hears the brokenhearted and you cry no more. He hears you no matter your situation and you cannot cry anymore because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You are thirsty. He gives you living water so that you thirst no more. He gives you living water so that you thirst no more. He gives you living water so that you thirst no more. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength and that should be your strength. Praise the Lord. The word of faith, trust in God, is naive. Even in your mouth, exercise it. The word of faith is in your mouth. God wants you to speak. Praise Him and worship Him. The word of faith is nigh you. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, I have given them your message. Lord, I pray that as many as will accept this message today, knowing your word to them for deliverance, those of them who are in the wilderness who have been going around and around, Lord, have been confused because they could not do the needful. I pray, Lord, as they repent, Lord, have mercy and forgive them. Draw them back to you, Lord our God, and recharge them, Lord, and let them be guided by you, O Lord, as they continue this march in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whoever will come against them, rebuke them for the devourer's sake. I'm sorry, rebuke them, Lord, for their sake. Rebuke the devourer for their sake, I'm sorry. Rebuke them, Lord. Rebuke the devourer for their sake, O Lord. And let your grace, which is sufficient, Lord, let them see it, so that they continue to speak the word of faith as they broadcast your name to the world. As they stand firm in the faith, once delivered to the saints, once for all delivered to the saints, Lord, may you enable them to continue that work and to bring others into the fold in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for your children who have been faithful, Lord, bless their homes, bless their hearts, continue to lead them, continue to guide them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I count and shine upon all who have had this broadcast today. Blessings, glory, and honor all Lord to you, O God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. By his grace, we we'll see you next Sunday. Please continue to watch the broadcast. And share these messages. If they have touched, use them to reach others. So that your family and friends may also be blessed by these messages. Continue to pray for us as we pray for you.